I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. I am so happy that you are here, and I believe that the Holy Spirit knows every need that you have, every question that you have, and through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the anointed Word of God, the Lord will provide the solutions and the answers that you need. Praise God. God has nothing but victory planned for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now, today we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of God so that the ministry may flourish in the work of the Lord and continue to expand the gospel around the world. And I would like for you to see a very amazing statement that Jesus made to Peter. This would be in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. And let's drop down to verse 7. It says, So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Woo! Praise the Lord. And my friends, that's what we're doing right here at this ministry. We are endeavoring to catch the souls of men and women and children all around the world for Jesus. Praise God. We're fishing for Jesus. And we are right now in uh, what is the Jewish calendar considered the high feast days. And we're very swiftly coming into the Feast of Tabernacles, which is on October the 4th. Sunday, October the 4th is going to be a special Sunday because we are believing God for a special offering so that we can do more than we ever have in the outreach of fishing for souls. Now, I shared last week that we have been contacted by a major television network that we are on, and they have asked us to create evangelistic soul-winning programs. These programs are 100% aimed for going after the fish, the souls, praise God. There's not even a product offer. And the thing is, is that this ministry has to produce them and have them post-produced and all the editing and all of that. Uh, you know, that means me going into the studio and so forth, and we're going to do that. And there is a cost to that. And the network has said, you know, Pastor Stephen, you create these and we will air them through the months of November and December over and over and over again with the sole intent of reaching the lost to a potential viewing audience of over one billion. That's a B, one billion people. You know what that is? That's a lot of fish. Praise God. So if you want to go fishing with me, I'm asking you to honor the Lord with your tithe. Bring your tithe in. 
And I would ask you to go before the Lord and ask him the special Feast of Tabernacles seed that he would have you sow between now and October 4th. If you want to bring it in on Sunday, October 4th, mail it in, bring it in uh, through the postal service, however you'd like to do it, then that would be wonderful. But we are going to use these funds for the outreach of souls, for the production of these programs, as well as this will also go towards the production of season three for pure gold, which, as you know, in all of the current pure gold programs, every one of those messages, those teaching series closes with a call for salvation for those that would like to receive Christ. So my friends, we're going after souls. We have a goal to win 1 million souls for the Lord, and we're not taking it lightly. And God is opening doors of phenomenal opportunity. Will you help me go through these doors? Your special seed will be used specifically for this purpose. Now, as you bring your tithes and offerings in, you can mail them in. If you would like to mail them in, you can send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. Now, if you want to bring them in online, we have a very special header on the website. It's called Projects. And those of you that feel greatly stirred in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you say, Pastor Stephen, let, let's go fishing together. Let's get some, let's get some souls won. Well, let's do it. Uh, just click that header called Projects. You'll see two projects that we're focused on right now, but you'll see that special project for Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, special airtime purchase, and that includes also the uh, the full production of all of these special evangelistic programs we're doing, as well as uh, season three of Pure Gold, which we're getting ready to go back into the studio and record those as well. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Ask God what he would have you do. Praise the Lord. And I believe what the Apostle Paul said that he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully or abundantly will reap a bountiful, abundant harvest. And really the Feast of Tabernacles has so much prophetic foreshadowing of the end time great harvest of souls. Woo, praise the Lord. So let's do our best to honor the Lord and as well stay faithful with the tithe. And you can bring the tithe in anytime, day or night. There is the link on the homepage where you can bring uh, the homepage of the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. You can click on that and bring the tithe in anytime you like, day or night from anywhere around the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So Jesus said to Peter, do not be afraid from now on. You will catch men. Praise the Lord. Let's go catch a bunch of fish together. We will share in the rewards together when we get to heaven. And don't think for a moment either that God will not bless you while you're on this side of heaven. Praise God. He'll give you some heaven down here on earth while you're here on earth. The Lord will bless you as long as you put his kingdom first and his heart initiatives first, which is the reaching of the lost. Hallelujah. He'll take care of you. He'll watch out for you. He will bless you and do you good all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people as they are bringing in the special Feast of Tabernacle seed. I thank you, Father God, that you 
speak to the hearts of your people and your sheep. Hear the voice of the shepherd. Hallelujah. And they will do what you instruct them to do. We thank you, Father, that we are also tithers because tithing connects us with your financial covenant that you have for us. So I thank you that I see increase for your people. I speak financial increase and blessing over their life. I thank you, Father. You're doing them good because they have a heart to uh, carry out your plan, the Great Commission as we know it. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for, oh, we just thank you, Father, that we can be a part of this fishing expedition. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One day, Father, when we all get together, we're going to receive, we're going to see the rewards, the souls, and then, of course, the things you have planned for us for having cared about your heart while we were here. Father, we thank you. Bless your people, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Let your giving be joyful as I know it is, praise God. Hallelujah. Now, today, we're going to be uh, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4. So we're already pretty close by since we're in Luke chapter 5. So let's go over today to Luke chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 40. And I want to speak along the lines of send them Packing. Mm, that's, not, that's not your mother-in-law and the relatives. No, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> no, these are the evil spirits. This would be the devil. This would be uh, those things that are on the dark side. I want you to understand how to send the devil packing when he would try to show up and cause things that would disturb uh, the work that God is doing in your life, disturb your peace and all of these things. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word right now, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. We thank you, Father, for the illumination from your word. Father, that this is not psychology, this is not intellectual, this is, this is spiritual truth from you, and it affects our intellect, it, uh, it affects our body, but Father, we thank you that this is more than a history lesson. This is more than like some kind of dead study. Uh, this is a living book, and this is the sharp two-edged sword, and we thank you that it's cutting today away those things that would damage or hurt our life, those things of the enemy. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any sign, excuse me, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Now, you know that anytime you go to a village or a town, uh, there's going to be sick people, no matter if the town has 12 people. <laughs> Somebody out of that 12 is probably going to be sick. So the Lord's here in this particular area. He's ministering, and they're just bringing the people in, and he's laying hands on them, and they are being healed. Verse 41 and demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, you are the Christ. Now, Christ is not the Lord's last name. Sometimes think, uh, people think Jesus Christ and Christ is his last name. Like, my name is Stephen Brooks. Well, they think, for, you know, like for me, Brooks is in Christ. That's kind of the way you have a last name. No, Christ is a title. It means the Messiah. Uh, it means the Savior of the world. That's, that's what it means. Uh, uh, technically, if you want to get into the original uh, the Hebrew meaning, uh, move it over into the Greek, it actually means the anointed one. Okay? Now, uh, demons 
came also came out of many crying out and saying you are the Christ the son of God and he rebuking them did not allow them to speak for they knew they they knew that he was the Christ praise the Lord my friends we live in a modern era where you know, technology is increasing by leaps and bounds, and uh, a lot of people are now having access, uh, access to higher uh, education. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Education. I'm just having a little fun with uh, some of you intellectuals today. God bless you. But nothing wrong with education. We need to illuminate our minds. But uh, watch out with a lot of the uh, education, because a lot of it really, in our day and time, so much of it is now turned to indoctrination. Mm-hmm. And those of you that are parents and you still have children and you're raising them, you really have to pray about uh, the college and so forth. Now, especially if you're paying for it. Now, if they're going to make up their own mind, they could, they're, they're considering themselves adults and they're moving out of the home and they're paying their own way. Well, then they can pay and go wherever they want to. That's that's their choice. But, you know, if if, if, if it involves your leading and your guidance, you know, you be very careful about sending them off to some type of institution that's not only going to educate them, but it's going to 95% indoctrinate them and try to strip out of them any vestiges of moral purity or what we would call Christian uh, virtues and Christian ethics. They're going to try to strip all of that. Not only are they going to try to strip that away, but they're going to begin to put atheism in there and socialism and communism and all of these other isms that are absolute failures of uh, ideologies that have never worked, that have done nothing but brought uh, suffering to millions. I would even say hundreds of millions of humans around the world. But uh, a lot of that's going on right now. Uh, Eventually that's going to get a real shaking. We're going to see that. We're going to see the campuses shaken. Praise the Lord. I believe with the power of the spirit. Woo! Praise the Lord. But my friends, be very, very careful about your young people going off to these colleges. I've heard nothing but horror stories over and over and over. You, you send a young person off to college. They, they love the Lord. And after four years of indoctrination, I'm not talking about the education, but I'm talking about the indoctrination that comes along with it. They, came, they come out flaming atheist, hating God, hating anything to do with God and the church. And you think, what in the world happened? Well, you, you send them off to indoctrination when they were in a very moldable stage of their mind and their thinking and their uh, uh, how can I say the cement was still wet and they were taken advantage of by very corrupt people they may be very educated people but they can be very godless and evil and wicked and their intent of what they would like to do to your son or daughter Woo! praise the Lord don't get me started on seminaries theological seminaries sometimes often called uh, theological cemeteries Mm-mm. I've seen young people on fire for God out winning souls and then some some uh, you know deadhead intellectual tell them you need to go off and uh, and get get a degree from a seminary or else nobody's going to respect you so they go to the seminary and four years later they are so dead they're pumped full of such uh, humanism and intellectual baloney that they don't even believe in the virgin birth. They don't even believe in the reality of hell. They don't even they don't even believe in really salvation. And there are a lot. This may this may shock some of you. There are a lot of uh, Ph.D. biblical scholars that teach at these seminaries that are atheists that don't even believe in God. Mm, mm, mm. 
probably shouldn't get started on some of the modern translations. Um, I know one of the most modern translations that many people have, they don't know that First and Second Corinthians were that, was actually translated by a woman that came out later and said that she was a lesbian the whole time she was translating that and uh, didn't mean that she wasn't a good scholar. But uh, watch out for a lot of these uh, weird things that float around that uh, would try to creep in from the world into the church and bring that pollution and that defilement right into your very holy of holies. Mm -hmm. Woo! Glory to God. And demons also came out of many. You know what? Let's not um, do away with the supernatural. It's, go it's going on whether a person sticks their head in the sand or not. And uh, I'm all for education. Uh, I'm very pro-education, but not at the expense of going to hell and losing your salvation over it. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. So, my friends, this was very common in the ministry of Jesus. This was right up there with the healing. And it wasn't something always done on a side room or something like that. Many times out, out in the open. Mm, praise the Lord. And I want to dig more deeply into this subject today about these evil spirits, how to send them packing. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Now, I know that many would say, well, Pastor Steve and I, I can fully see in the Bible Jesus, the Son of God, you know, casting out demons left and right. I mean, after all, He's the Son of God, but really, you know, that's not really for us. Well, here in the Bible, it says in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, these are the words of Jesus. And these signs will follow those who believe. If you are a believer, I didn't say if you were one of the 12 apostles, or if, you know, you, you went to Bible college or something like that. Oh, that's nice, okay? But I'm just saying that if you are a believer, these signs are supposed to follow you. Mm -mm. And these signs will follow those who believe. And that's you, right? You're a believer. Now, I'm sure there's some that are watching that you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, but this is... Uh, this is part of the package for us who belong to him. In my name, they will cast out demons. And then he goes on speaking with new tongues uh, and just, you know, getting into these other areas of victory over basically the works of darkness. Now, they will cast out demons. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This is something that I'm prepping you for that. A lot of people in the Western culture, in America, Canada, a lot of parts of Europe, sweep it under the rug and don't really deal with it. They ignore it. They pump the person up on drugs, send them to a psychologist or send them to a psychiatric institution. And then they get, you know, uh, prescriptions to send them to a doctor and just put them on drugs and drug them out of their mind and let them just somehow live with it. And it's um, it's something that we are anointed to deal with. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now, you will notice in the evangelical churches, at least in the Western evangelical churches, that the ones that really tackle this issue, if you're honest, it's the Christians who are spirit-filled. And when I say spirit-filled, I'm talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. 
Hallelujah. I have Baptist friends. They cast out demons. The ones that do it are the ones that also call themselves Baptocostals. <laughs> they got filled with the Spirit. They speak in tongues. They believe in miracles. But for whatever reason, you know, they're still, they're still in the Baptist church. I have Baptist pastor friends that are Baptocostals. They're the only Baptist among the Baptists that I know that cast out demons. And I, I know it's the same way amongst the Catholics. If you look at the Catholic priest, particularly in Europe, the ones that do the exorcisms, you will find out that the only Catholic priest, and I, I, can, I can almost pretty accurately use that word only, the only Catholic priest that you'll see, unless there's some weird exception, and there's always an exception, but just a rule of thumb, the only Catholic priest that you'll see casting out demons, all of them belong to the charismatic Catholic um, uh, Group. It, it's a large group of ministers, of priests, and monks that are charismatic Catholics. In other words, they believe in modern-day miracles, speaking in tongues, and of course, they would believe also in casting out demons. Woo! So when you look at the various streams of Christian faith, the various denominations and things like that, but yet all believers in Christ, you'll notice the ones that take up that instruction, cast out demons, they're usually the ones, 99% of the time, that also believe in laying on of hands, uh, miracles, healing for the sick, and all of that. Now, that, that should tell you something. Praise the Lord. That should tell you something. That should give you illumination because there is an element of the devil where he enjoys hiding. He likes the covert cover of looking at believers and thinking they're pretending I'm not here. He's like, well, that's just wonderful. I'll just go ahead and put the sickness on you while I, I'm concealed while I do it. I'll go ahead and do awful things to you in concealment and they'll blame it on God. Wow. Mm, and that's even what a lot of Christians do. I, I don't know why God put this on me. Well, God never put that on you. The devil did. And if you don't know how to deal with him and back him out, not only back him out, send him packing. Oh, uh, he can really, he can really do some, some yucky stuff. So my friends, you need to not only know how to defend your life, but others as well who are interested in knowing and would like to get free. And trust me, there's a lot of people out there that have demon problems and they cannot find uh, help. And here you come along. Here you come along anointed by the spirit, anointed by the Lord himself to do what? In my name. To, uh, in the name of Jesus, to cast out demons. You are authorized. You are deputized by Jesus. You don't need a minister to say, now, yes, you may do this. You don't need the Pope to say, um, let me have you sign a paper before we send you out. You don't need a bishop, an archbishop. You don't need a deacon or an elder. You don't need the Presbyterian uh, Presbytery board to, uh, to say, you now, need, you now have these credentials so you can go do this. No, Jesus authorized you that you have the authority to cast out demons. Praise the Lord. Now, if you are in somebody's church. And you're not the pastor. Now you have to submit to that church. You can't, you can't go run into somebody's church no more than I can run in your house and tell you how to do your stuff. That's, that's your house. Well, that's, that's the house of a man of God or, you know, a, a pastor or a woman of God. And so you res respect their authority and come under that chain of command. Praise God. But if you're out on the street and somebody's demonized and, uh, and they want to get free, by all means, you are, you are deputized to set that person free. You don't have to get on the phone and ask your pastor, hey, should I do this? Jesus already told you to do it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Um, my wife and I, we, we know one lady. She's real short, maybe, uh, uh, maybe weighed like 115 pounds. And I would say this. Um, she was not going to win the award for the spiritual giant in the church. She did love the Lord. She was spirit-filled. She did believe in uh, what we would say would be Mark chapter 16, verse 17, casting out demons in verse 18, laying hands on the sick. She believed in all that cool stuff. She liked all that. But, I mean, this is not like you're going to see her all the time in the prayer meeting. You know, when the church would have the prayer meetings and stuff like that. She'd show up sometimes. But she had enough training through my pastor she had enough training and good word base put into her that she knew her rights she knew who she was in Christ and she knew she was authorized to do this so she told me and Kelly that she uh, she was driving the bus she was one of the I won't I won't say what county I, I don't want to make them look um, bad or anything like this this was in Southern California so she's driving the bus in this county for you know the um, for the county but you know this is like a county bus so the the buses are all run by the county and so she's she's driving the bus and she's a good bus driver and one day uh one of the superintendents from the county who does the grading for all of the drivers you got you know maybe like a thousand drivers okay because a big county uh, millions of people so you got all these buses so one of these high-ranking supervisors comes to ride along with her to you know check her off make sure you know she's meeting all she's been through all this before you know so the supervisor would sit up at the front on the right and she's right there in the left driver's seat she's driving this big bus you know it's going to be loaded with people and picking people up uh, let, letting people off and stuff like that so this um, this supervisor sitting there with this big board you know kind of like Oh, yes, she's using her blinker. Uh, she's doing, you know, uh, giving enough distance to stop and, uh, you know, all that stuff, all the technicalities. And she's kind of got this big board and a, and a pen and she's, you know, marking stuff. Well, this lady, uh, the driver, she told me and, and Kelly that um, a lady got on the bus and sat in a seat right behind her. OK, so you, you had the driver, the lady right behind her and you got the supervisor right here. And so the, uh, the, our friend said she's driving the bus, and the lady behind her starts growling. She starts manifesting. A demon in her starts manifesting and stuff like that. And so anyhow, well, it's time to pull into the stop and pick up some more people. Some people get off and some people get on. And while, that, while she's got, got it parked and the, these people are doing their thing, she just very low profile. She turns around, and she puts her hand on that person and says, come out. In Jesus' name. And that spirit came out of the mouth of that person and flew away. And the lady go, and the lady sitting behind her, she go, who just got delivered, she goes, oh. She said, thank you, I'm free. Thank you. Wow. And so she turns back around. And, you know, the new people are on the bus. And she, you know, pulls back out, starts driving. But she, she can look out of the corner of her eye. And there's that supervisor. <laughs> Going wild on the board, you know, writing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so the next day she got called into the office and got fired, got fired for having done that. Um, but, you know, the Lord, the Lord sees all of that. And he just blessed her, gave her a much better job, much better job, and uh, just kept moving her forward in life. And it, it was really wonderful to see that. But I'm just saying that any believer can cast out an evil spirit from somebody that wants to get set free. Praise the Lord. And you can 
you can get pretty developed in this. Absolutely. You can get where um, there is a place where you show up and the devil, he, he gets real nervous. Um, R.W. Schambach, he's in heaven now, he, uh, a great evangelist. He told a hilarious story about the great healing evangelist A.A. A. Allen. Because Brother Shambach used to work for A.A. A. Allen. He was, the, he was the worship leader. And when A.A. A. Allen had that big tent crusade going all over America, particularly in the 1960s, uh, then A.A. A. Allen, would, uh, he would be out there leading the praise and worship before A.A. A. Allen came out uh, to, uh, to minister to the people. He'd be out, Brother Shambach would be out there singing. Of course, Brother Shambach went on to have his own ministry that was very successful and uh, touched all around the world. But Brother Shambach said, uh, during one time, uh, because A.A. A. Allen was very big on getting people delivered from demons. He, he thought that was just as important as getting people healed of sickness and disease. So, um, so there was a lot of people that came with demon problems to those giant tent meetings that he would host. And so uh, he would just tell people, he would tell his workers that were trained under him, now you go minister to these demon-possessed people, take them over into this separate tent. You, and sometimes it's good to do that because all the yelling and screaming and these things start manifesting. And uh, people that haven't seen that, they, they, they sometimes get a little fearful and nervous. So let's put them over in a, a separate tent, those that want to get deliverance. And so um, Brother Shambach said that there was one lady that had a severe case of demon possession and uh, was really manifesting really bad. So they took her and they put her in a car and some people got into the car and, you know, uh, some people up front and brother Shambach is a hu huge man sat in the back seat and they're, they're all trying to cast this demon out of this lady. And this went on for about two hours <laughs> and they couldn't get any, any good results. And um, so they got out of the car. They left her in the car. They got out of the car and Brother Shambach said, I went over the A.A. Allen, and I said, this, this demon and this, and this lady has just completely wore us out. We've been trying to cast this thing out for about two hours now. I think it maybe even was even close to three hours. And he said, the thing won't leave. We can't get it to leave. And um, he said, we, we don't know what to do. And see, A.A. A. Allen was just about to go up and minister. He said, um, he said, just a minute. He goes to the car, opens the back door gets into the car, closes it, and um, he's out of the car in 30 seconds. And he walks by Shambach and says, it's done. She's free. And Shambach said, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that to me. I've been in that car for hours trying to get that evil spirit to come out of that lady. And you go in the car for less than 30 seconds, and then you walk out, and you, she's delivered. What in the world did you do in there? And uh, you've got to tell me. <laughs> he said, I sat down in the back seat. And he said, I looked at her. When I looked at her, I could see the demon in her eyes. And he said, he said, I looked at the demon and said, my name is A.A. Allen. And it's time for you to leave. And that thing came right out of her instantly and left her. She was completely free. Mm -mm. A lot of that is knowing who you are in the Lord. You're developed in that area, knowing your authority. Whoo, praise the Lord. And knowing how to, um, how to send them packing. Praise God. Mm -mm. It was a story Brother Shambach never forgot. Hallelujah. So, my friends, this is part of our assignment. Jesus again said, These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. I see you doing that. 
I see you doing that in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, calm, fearless, and just full of faith, and the thing will leave. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here's, here's something fascinating I discovered years back. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. Verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? So anytime you have evil spirits involved when they're oppressing, or if, even if it got so severe that it even got into possession for an unbeliever, uh, the, a demon cannot possess a Christian in their spirit. They, they can oppress them, and they can also do things with their flesh, but they can't get into the spirit unless that person rejects Christ and turns away from the Lord. Then the enemy could come in at that point eventually with possession, but that would also be blaspheming of the Holy Spirit, and that's very, very rare. But with unbelievers, Yes, there, there can be cases of full-blown possession. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness? Don't you know that there are people that are bound up with these chains of wickedness doing things that after that evil anointing lifts, they think, what have I done? And they do these horrible things because they're in bonds of wickedness. Well, there's a fast that will loose that. And will also undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free. And that you, in the context of fasting, and that you break every yoke. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Break every yoke. Maybe it's a yoke of fear. I've met guys who are big people, strong, lots of muscles, well-developed. And you couldn't get them on an airplane if you gave them a million dollars. Why? They're afraid of flying. There's, there's a phobia. There's a fear that they won't get on an airplane and fly. Something has come against them. But see, you can fast and pray and draw near to the Lord, and that, that can be broken. See, it says, and that you break every yoke. You can break yokes for yourself if there's a yoke. Now, a yoke, uh, this is not an egg yoke, okay? This is different. This is a yoke, and you guys know that, that went on oxen, and you would put this over the ox to constrain him so that he will pull that plow. It's the mechanism that really controlled him. Praise the Lord. That was a yoke, but it says that you can break that yoke. You can, uh, what the enemy would put on you, that you would think, I, I don't have the strength to get out of this. Well, the Holy Spirit can break anything off of you. And as you fast and pray and seek the Lord, those yokes just break. The Holy Spirit, He breaks them. He breaks them. And so often when they're broken, it's not like there was a lot of screaming and shouting, Come out! I adjure you in the name of Jesus! Come out! You know, um, uh, there's a place. For, uh, you know, very bold commands and directives, but there's also a place as you just get real near, real near to the Lord, and that anointing of the Spirit touches you, there are yokes that, you, that just snap, and they fall off of you, and you think, wow, it's gone, Lord, you did it, hallelujah, praise God, so, so you think, well, Pastor Stephen, I can't really get to somebody in my city or my area, maybe even my state, that will pray for me for deliverance to get a, get this thing out of my life that's harassing me of evil. Well, it says here that you, you can break every yoke. Praise the Lord. And I've taught that to certain people that have had certain struggles. And they've even been to meetings and they've had prayer. 
And I said, now, look, I said, you can you can dig in here and you can deal with this because God's word will work for you. And those that listened and applied this verse, Isaiah 58, verse six, they, they came back later and said, Pastor Stephen, that thing that has held me for 30 years is gone. It, it, that would frustrate them or up in them, usually at the worst possible time, they overcame it. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's something that's very, very uh, important to understand. I do believe that there can be keys that I would say would unlock the door of deliverance. Praise the Lord. I believe the first key is an understanding that you can be free. You don't have to live with it. You don't have to endure it and just try to ride it out till one day you die and finally go to heaven and you're, you're out of here. No, you can be free. First John chapter three, verse eight gives proof positive of that. It says he who sins is of the devil. And now that is now when it's talking about sinning there that in the Greek is if you would expand that in the amplified Greek that refers to the person who is practicing continually sin. And I don't believe that's you. I don't believe you wake up in the morning and you think, well, today I've got to get a good sin workout in. What kind of sin am I going to practice today? I've got to get really good at this. No, no, nobody that loves the Lord wants to do anything, you know, stupid or crazy like that. This is talking about the person who is practicing sin. He who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God, that would be Jesus, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus wants to destroy, not, not allow you to tolerate, not give you uh, like a little uh, extra measure of grace so that you can just grovel and somehow endure the suffering and the misery. No. So all of those things of the enemy can be destroyed. Praise God. Hallelujah, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise God. The Lord is good. So you need to know that you can be free and that all of those devilish works, those attacks against your life, they can be destroyed. You don't have to live with it. Now, this is very important. A second key is that you have to want to be free. Now, I've talked about this lately. Don't try to pick unripe fruit. In other words, pick the fruit when it's ready. If a person is not ready and they love their sin, they don't like what the devil's doing to them, but they love the sin and they're, they're yeah, you know, they're trying to have both. Uh, they're trying to have sin. And so often, of course, when you're in sin, the devil's going to bring all of his yucky junk. That's no fun. But they, they there's something about it. They're still just kind of, how can we say, they're still wallowing around in the pig pen. And as long as that's there and they, they like it, they want to keep it, you can't, you can't get them free. They have to want to be delivered. So number one, you have to know that you can be free. Hallelujah. Of any type of addiction, any type of sin pattern, you have to know that you can be free. And Jesus came for that very purpose to destroy the works of the devil in your life. Hallelujah. To get it all out of there. Get it all out of there. Mm. And bring his order into your life. What is order? It is the proper arrangement of things. 
What is the fruit of order? Joy. You're happy. My life's in order. I'm happy. I'm happy. Woo! Glory to God. See, the devil, he'll get you into disorder. He'll get your life all messed up. What happens? You lose your joy. Now you're, pay, not, not, now you're taking drugs because you're depressed. And now the drugs that are supposed to help you with your depression, they have side effects. So now you got health problems. And on and all it goes. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We need to stop telling people to get drugged up. We need to start telling people, why don't you stop tolerating the devil and get fed up with the devil and tell him to get out of your life. Mm, mm, mm. Hallelujah. Whoo, stop placating the devil. Stop playing around with all this goofy stuff and pretending like he's not real. He's real. He's the one causing all that havoc in your life. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Please go with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 15. Luke 15. Praise the Lord. Verse 14. But when he, that would be the prodigal. I know there's probably some prodigals out there right now listening to me. Praise the Lord. Verse 14, it says, But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Praise the Lord. Now, I grew up on a farm in rural Mississippi, and I know what it is to feed swine. I know what it is to slop the hogs. Uh, some of you, bless your hearts, young people, uh, maybe some millennials that you're watching me, you have no clue what I'm talking about. But I know what it is to slop the hogs, take the slop bucket, and you throw it out there, and they eat it. doesn't matter what's in it. They're going to eat it. They'll eat their own excrement. That's just what they do. <laughs> I've seen them do it. And they waller in filth. Wow. And here he is, out there with them. Mm -hmm. Enjoy it. That's what you wanted. You wanted it. Here it is in all of its filth and misery. Oh, Jesus, we give you praise. He's feeding the pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. The angels know how to block deliverance until the fruit is ripe. The angels know how to block, you know, all of these bailouts that could happen. They know how to block it until that person is ready to say, I'm fed up with this. I'm disgusted with it. Mm -mm. There's something about the great maturity and wisdom of God that he will not always immediately bail out his rebellious sons and daughters. He'll let them have a little taste of the pig pen. And let them, he'll let them know the difference of what it is to serve him and what it's like to serve Satan. He'll give them a, a he'll let them taste. Well, he's like, if that's what you want, you want to go try it out? Hey, I'm, I'm not a dictator. You know, this is not an authoritarian, you know, totalitarian regime. You have your own will. You know, he, God wants you to serve him with a pure heart, out of obedience, out of love. But if you're rebellious and you want to run off and See if the pasture really is greener on the other side. If you're foolish enough to do that, then he'll, he'll, he'll be waiting for you when you come back. Praise the Lord. Sometimes people get in these situations and they're like, God, help me. Get me out. I'm sorry. But see, God can look 
with x-ray vision and he can see that person's not really sorry. They just don't like, they don't like the wages of their sin. They, but they still like their sin. When you get fed up with the sin, that's when the light comes on. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. And he would gladly have filled the stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to his senses, God have mercy on anybody watching me today that would be in a place of rebellion against their pure, holy God. May you come to your senses today and say, I am tired of getting done wrong by the devil. I'm tired of living for him. Tired of living with pigs and filthy behavior in my life. Pigs, the swine, or represent representation of demonic powers loosed fully in your life. Mm -mm. But when he came to his senses, when he came to himself, he said, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger." I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth before you." And that's exactly what he did. He came, he repented to his father, and the father was waiting for him with open arms, and there was full restoration. But before there can be full restoration, there must be full repentance. If you're playing games with God, God can see right through all that phony baloney. Oh, but my mama, my mama said I can come home. Mama may say you can come home, but Jesus Jesus knows what's going on in your heart. And until you're ready to get out of that place and you come to your senses and you're fed up. So often deliverance does not arise. But the moment you mean business with God, he's ready to get you free. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, he can get you out of any pig pen. He can get you out of any mess, regardless of whatever type of filth it has been that you've rolled around in. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot wash you clean from nothing. And he can not only wash your sin away, he can go into your conscience and with his pure, spotless, precious blood can wash your conscience clean so that the guilt is gone. You tell me where else in the universe you can find a solution for sin that will do that. Nowhere. It doesn't exist outside of Christ. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The devil, he attacks by targeting the areas of your flesh. What you can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. He's going to work against your body through, the, through one of the physical senses. He's going to make an attack. And you, know, you have to how, know how to send him packing. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew Chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Please, please don't let new modern versions of the New Testament that drift away from the timeless, proven Textus Receptus that the KJV and the New King James Version are based off of. Don't let some of these modern versions that in the New Testament, the word fasting is taken out. And you see these little footnotes that say, this is not in these various scripts. 
uh, well, I don't trust those various scripts that it's not in. And neither do the conservative uh, textual critics of New Testament study. No, stick with the proven ones. Stick with the ones that are solid. And uh, there are modern versions, particularly that are taking out the word fasting from the New Testament. There's one version that's taken the word blood out of the New Testament 18 times. It's a very good, smooth reading translation. But stop and think, the word blood is missing 18 times in the New Testament compared to some of the more what we would call established versions. Hmm. Just things to consider. Praise the Lord. Things to be aware of. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And by the way, I've got tons of different versions. And also, if you go online to Bible Hub or whatever, I mean, you can pull up like, you know, 25 all at the same time. See, see the same verse in 25 different versions. And there's others. There's, there are even more. that It goes even more expensive. Praise God. So anything you have a question on, just dig. The answers are there. And it's, it always will end up being quite clear. Now, we see here that Jesus fasted, and I would always encourage you to incorporate prayer, fasting, and giving into your spiritual life. Can you imagine a Christian who doesn't pray? You'd wonder what kind of a Christian is that. Can you imagine a Christian that never gave a, one offering ever their whole Christian life? You'd think, oh, I've never met a Christian like that in my life. I haven't either, but there's all kinds of Christians all over. They'll, they may pray some, they may give some, but some they've never fasted. Literally one day, they've never fasted one day their entire Christian life. Mm -mm. Fa a, a Christian that engages in prayer and fasting makes the devil very, very nervous. <laughs> oh, he, he's just like, oh, 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 don't let him get into this. Uh, somebody, uh, reach out to his demon network. Somebody, offer them a pizza. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that the day you start a fast today is today I commit to fast beginning today and th that will be the day you're offered a, a free pizza a large with the very toppings that would be your favorite toppings I tell you uh, there's a lot going on behind the scenes with stuff like that mm -mm -mm. now when the tempter came to him uh, he said if you are the son of God command that these stones become bread understand that he's the tempter. And he will try to tempt you. He's going to try to get your flesh and those passions and cravings of the flesh. Even as it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, where it talks about how these fleshly cravings and passions, they war against your soul. Not all the time. But sometimes they can they can just try to rise up, you know, that you, you, you feel you feel these crazy urges or whatever. That's that's when the enemy is usually going to try to present a temptation. He'll target it on purpose. He'll, he'll try to target you and hit when you at least expect it. So you need to be prayed up and you need to be alert. Praise God. Now. I want to drop down to verse 8. Again, the devil took him up, to an, uh, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And he had the ability to do that. Now, he still does to unbelievers. And even to a believer who would be willing to compromise. Lord forbid 
such an awful decision such as that ever be made by any person. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. I think, I think of uh, the esteemed prophet from India, Dr. DGS Dinakaran. He's now in heaven. He lived his life out and completed his ministry. And he talked about the time Satan came to him at the height of his ministry. Now, Dr. Dinakaran was very interesting. If you watch some of his, you know, older videos on YouTube, uh, maybe you'll see uh, a camera up close on him and you see him teaching. And he's standing there, you know, he's teaching and he's, and he's real relaxed. And you think maybe he's talking to 10 or 15 people. And then the camera pulls back with a wide view and you're like, Oh, he's talking to a crowd of 300,000 people. <laughs> and you thought he was just talking. Yeah, he was very calm. He was like a real father figure. He was known as the apostle of love. But Dr. Dan Karen shared about the time Satan came and tempted him, came to him in a vision, and basically said, I'd like to make you an offer. And he said, if you will come over on my side, and if you will serve me, if you will become my prophet, he said, I will make you famous all around the world. I'll make you world famous. And Dr. Karen said, absolutely not. He said, I reject you, Satan. And Satan said, are you sure? He said, I'll make you world. He said, you come be my prophet. I'll make you a world famous prophet. And, and see, uh, and Dr. Karen said no. And, and Satan left. But many of these world religions, so many of them, so many of them, have had either Satan themselves, these world leaders, or excuse me, world religious leaders in these false cults, false religions that send people to hell. They have had either Satan come to them and make such a proposition, or very high-ranking evil spirits appearing as angels of light, coming with deceptive offers uh, such as the, the angel Moroni, who was a fallen angel. It's an, it's an evil angel that appeared to Joseph Smith and gave him instruction to raise up a new gospel, uh, this, the so-called new covenant or whatever. And um, the more you look into those things, you see nothing but occultism. All the roots of those false religions and those false teachings, there is so much darkness and so much occult activity in it that if you knew the truth, you'd be sick just about. The whole book of Mormon was written by Joseph Smith through occult divination as he looked into a black hat, and then he could see these things of what he was supposed to write, and then he would dictate it to somebody. This was full-blown occult activity and deception. And that spirit was very, very powerful over Utah, over Salt Lake City. Uh, it, it has a... It has a, a dizzying effect on people. If you come into that community, you come into that city, um, that evil spirit is so powerful that it can bring, bring confusion. It can, you can't even think straight just about. It's very similar to going into some other countries. Like if you went into an atheistic country that's communistic, uh, you could walk past certain political offices that are offices that are used to propagate that atheistic message 
and you and you you could walk past that and you're like whoa what just hit my head where, where you st- suddenly start thinking you know communism is not so bad you know it does want everybody to have equal wealth and uh you know what in the world am i thinking where is that coming from it's coming from these very powerful spirits that work over these territories over these regions blinding these people through these false doctrines and these flat out lies mm, mm, mm. praise the lord Hallelujah. But there are those that walk with the Lord, and that's you and me and other saints who resist the devil and move forward in God's plan and God's purpose and calling for our lives. Dr. D.G.S. Denikarian was one of those men, and what a beautiful ministry that he had. Um, speaking of India, I also know another prophet in India. I know him personally. Um, I'm not sure how his ministry is today. I haven't, I haven't seen him in, in some years, but a very powerful ministry. And um, he also shared on a small scale one time with some other ministers about um, the time Satan came to him and also made a proposition. Hey, you know, your ministry is doing really well, but uh, it doesn't look like the Lord's treating you too good. Come over here with me. Serve me over here. And uh, I'll treat you right. You'll have wealth. And uh, you can do a lot of stuff on the side that the Lord won't allow you to do. I'll let you do all that stuff. Just come, come preach for me and proclaim what I want you to say. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And uh, he rejected the devil's offer, too. I'm just telling you this stuff is true because there's a lot of people in the world. You think about a certain singer and you think, how in the world can that person sell all those albums and have all that fame and have all that money and their voice is not even good. Like, what's up? What's <laughs> what's going on with that? They don't even sound good. Put them on auto-tune and do all this stuff to make them, prop them up. And you're still thinking, like, what's the deal? Well, the deal is that a lot of times there are behind the deals, uh, behind the scene deals that are cut, literal contracts uh, with Satan's agents. He'll send his agents and they'll go out and they'll they'll give a proposition. Hey, you you want fame? You want you want money? And uh, if you're willing to play the game and, and sign your name uh, and and sell your soul, then uh, the higher powers are willing to offer it to you. See again, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. All of that was originally given to Adam. Adam committed high treason. And turned all of his authority over to Satan. So all the authority that God gave to Adam, he turned it over to Satan in the Garden of Eden. And Satan has ruled over wicked men ever since that time. Praise God. Now, if you are in Christ, you are redeemed completely from the power of Satan. You are literally moved out of the kingdom of darkness, and you are moved into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's dear Son. And he no longer has any authority over you at all. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Here is a man that the devil just couldn't handle him. St. John Vianney, a French Catholic priest from the small town of Ars, France. This was a man that walked very close with the Lord. And a little bitty community, only about 200 people. And, of course, it's grown since then. Uh, and he passed away early 1900s. But even though he's been, he's been in heaven for so long, every year still in that little town, the town receives 
over 500,000 visitors every year who want to go there just to connect with the faith that simple Catholic priest had. This was a man that the devil, the devil just couldn't handle this guy. He was just too much. <laughs> May you be too much also. And the truth is, in Christ, you are. Um, St. John Vianney. Some of his information you're seeing uh, being uh, popped up on the screen right now. Um, he would cook one meal a week. One day a week, he would cook potatoes. And that's about all he ate. Sometimes he'd eat a little bit of uh, like this dark, like a uh, rye type bread. Uh, but usually it was just nothing but potatoes. So one day a week he'd cook a big pot of potatoes. And that's all that he would eat during the week. And some days he wouldn't eat. And uh, the people that uh, would go over to his house to check on his house, because he was hardly, hardly ever home, uh, they, they usually said that the potatoes had mold on them because they just sat there in a the pot. <laughs> so this is a guy that hardly ever ate. And if you see pictures of him, uh, you know, he, he's a skinny guy. He's a little guy. But you'd think this little bitty guy. What, how, how could this guy be a threat to the enemy? But I believe the Apostle Paul was the same way. And early church historians say that Paul was a very small man. But these guys were heavyweights in the Holy Spirit. And that's what John Vianney was. And uh, usually his normal day would be in the confession booth for 16 hours a day. Doing nothing but sitting there. While people would pass by, one by one, he would hear their confession. And, of course, those of you with Catholic backgrounds or that would be in the Catholic Church, you know what that's all about. You, you know, sometimes it just helps to have somebody that you can share what you're going through. You know you can present it to God. That Christ is your mediator. You really don't need to go to a, a priest or a man. But sometimes it helps for somebody to guide you through that. And to help you on your spiritual Christian journey. So that is, would be the purpose of having a confessor. Somebody you confess to that knows the Lord very well. And that can just help you with that. So the thing is, is that with uh, John Vianney, as he's in that confessional booth. Now think about this. 16 hours a day. Now he got older and he had to dial that back a little bit. But 16 hours a day, hearing nothing but the most Awful, horrendous, evil confessions of people's sins. Now, some people, of course, you know, it's, uh, their, their confessions are not that big. But some of them were awful. And, um, but the thing is, is that he had the gift that the Catholics call reading of hearts. We would call it prophecy or word of knowledge. And so often, as people would confess their sins, uh, he would say, uh, aren't you forgetting one? And it would usually be the most important one, the one that they don't want to confess. And he would he would say, they would say like, well, what are you talking about? He would say, well, this one, you know, you, uh, this is the one you haven't confessed. And so he do that. He would do that all the time over and over reading the hearts of the people when they came up. So he was a man that was really, really sold out to the Lord. And as, as the people were so blessed in that community that it got, to where that whole little community, everybody followed the Lord strictly. Everybody loved God. There was no drinking. There was no profanity. There was, no, and for John Vianney, the most awful thing for him was to hear the, the Lord's name profaned. For somebody to curse the name of the Lord, which happens in 
in movies and television programs so often today. He said it was a, it's always a marvel of God to him how they were not struck dead for doing such an awful thing. If people only knew how profane and wicked that is to curse God's holy name. Mm. But as he would pray for the, this small community, God won the whole community. Everybody would love the Lord. Now, now people are coming in, not only from the community outside of it. They started coming from all over France. They started coming from all over Europe so that they could confess to him. Well, he, now, you know, so now he's there just like almost all day long, you know, 16 hours a day. And uh, some of the some of the doctors would come and say, there's there is no human way anybody can do what he's doing. The guy hardly ever eats. He prays all night long, and then he's in this booth all day for 16 hours. Uh, the, the, so there was a superhuman element to his life because of God's grace on his life and because of his constant prayers and fastings. Praise the Lord. Now, the way that the enemy attacked John Vianney was mainly at night. When uh, John Vianney would be so exhausted, he'd come out of that confessional booth sometimes late at night. He'd go home, and he's only got a few hours because he's got to be back early in the morning. He'd go home, and he'd need a little sleep. That is when the enemy would start the attacks. Um, other ministers that would uh, sometimes stay with him, they would, they would say, we've never heard noises in our life. Compared to the noises that we would hear of what the devil would do to try to keep that man from getting sleep. Um, numerous witnesses would say you could hear like an entire stampede of horses running back and forth through the, the ceiling of his house. And other times you would hear dogs barking. And other times you would hear like sound like wild beast growling. And there was often uh, some kind of a demon that would be underneath the front of the window that would say, you potato eater, we hate you. <laughs> and, uh, and you would look and there's nobody there. But these these noises with pots banging and, and crazy stuff going on. And um, one time the bed he was sleeping in, the devil uh, lit the bed on fire. And he got up and got out, but the bed was burned up. And he said, well, that, that's okay. I need to be more humble and sleep on the floor anyhow. And so um, the, the devil just, um, he hated John Vianney so much because he was so effective with this ministry of getting people to repent of their sins and come to Christ as their Savior and to say goodbye to sin. And the devil hated it. The devil actually appeared to John Vianney one time and told him, if there were three of you on the earth that were all like you, if there were three of you on the earth at the same time, my kingdom would completely begin to crumble. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So sometimes there can be those, those battles. Uh, whenever the, those noises sometimes went cuckoo at night so loud that they even woke John Viday up, he would just say, Lord, you know, uh, the villain is up to his tactics again, and he's making so much noise, he's disturbed my sleep. Lord, I need to get up anyhow and pray for the saints and pray for the sinners. And this is what he said. He said he discovered that often Satan's craziest attacks uh, of intentionally trying to allow that man to not get any sleep, they were most vicious and most wild just before 
the next day, uh, usually a great sinner was going to get saved. So uh, the devil somehow knew that, oh, uh, one of my very best is going to go to one of his meetings. And, oh, uh, we got to don't let him get any sleep. Stop the man of God and stuff like that. But John Vianney would get up. He'd pray for sometimes two or three hours and, uh, and then go into the confessional booth. And almost every time it was really crazy the night before, the next day, a great trophy of the Lord, uh, a great sinner would be saved. A fish would be pulled out. Of the yucky muck in mire. Hallelujah. And the Lord w would win a, a real champion. So you just have to understand that the enemy. He'll try to do goofy things. And he can do things that. Th they can be supernatural in sequence and timing. But you just keep on going. Keep on going. The enemy has got a lot of tactics. Uh, and what, what he's trying to do. He's trying to pull you out of the spirit. He's trying to pull you off task. Trying to pull you out of your assignment. Stay on the Lord. Stay focused. And though that crazy attack of what the devil. Who VNA called the villain. That crazy attack of all that night stuff. Went on. You ready for this? For 30 years. For 30 years. Why? Because he's, he's, VNA was so effective at getting sinners saved. So. You know, you just you just keep on task. And that man did, and he finished his course, and he was such a blessing that many Catholic priests who are considered pastors still look to him as the role model pastor. Now, he's actually the patron saint of pastors. Now, uh, how about this one? How about Billy Graham? The great evangelist from where? From the state of North Carolina. Uh, Billy Graham on his evangelistic team. Whenever they were traveling and they would have to stay in a hotel room, he and his team, before Dr. Graham would go into his room, that room always had to be cleared and checked first by his team members. Oh, now, Pastor Stephen, that's getting a little bit eccentric. What in the world would anybody need to do stuff like that for? That's just looking for the devil behind any bush. Yeah, sometimes the devil's hiding behind those bushes or couches or beds. There was one time, true story, they checked into the hotel, and his team members check his room. And, you know, you think, hey, it's just a hotel room, right? You put the key in, you go in, it's just a hotel room, right? Uh, it's locked and stuff like that, right? How, what's the big deal? But it doesn't matter. You check it. This man is winning souls. This man is on the front lines of ministry, the front line, if not the front one on the front line. They go into that hotel room, his, his men, uh, uh, workers, and they found hiding, if I'm correct, behind the couch, a naked woman, no clothes on, no underwear, no socks, totally naked, hiding behind the couch. And they found another, they found a man hiding, I think, in the closet. He was going to pop out of the closet. He had a camera. The lady was, the plan was, she was going, uh, once he was in there by himself, she was going to jump out, get on top of him, and try to, like, look like, make it look like she's kissing him, or something's going on, and he was going to jump out, snap the photo, and then they were going to take off and put it on the front page of tabloids and newspapers all over the world. They found the devil's, uh, they found the devil's emissaries there in the hotel room. Mm, mm, mm. I'm just saying he, he's smart. The devil, he, he's a smart cookie. Um, but he's a flesh devil. And if you know that, you can meet him every time. Just walk close with the Lord. Stay on the word. Know who you are in Christ. Know his authority. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, 
you know, I, I don't know a lot about this authority, and I, I don't know a lot of scriptures in the Bible. Uh, what am I supposed to do when, it, when, when the, you know, this stuff starts going on? I would say if you don't know a lot, and maybe you don't even consider yourself to be a strong Christian, you, you, you know, you, you're, you're just you're still got maybe your spiritual diapers on, okay? All I would say is this, and it's bulletproof. It works every time. It works even if you're, you know, you're the great saint. You're the great general in the body of Christ, you know. You're the generals, you're the admirals, or whatever. It still works the same. If it gets hot and heavy from the sense of temptation, and you're like, Lord, whew, have mercy. Retreat into the strong tower of the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, I'm not going to act like I'm bulletproof. Lord Jesus, deliver me. Lord, Lord, back this stuff off of me. Jesus, help. don't always stand there and say, Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, don't do that in the flesh. If, the spirit, if, that, if that's not in faith and that anointing's not there, don't do that. Don't try to be, you know, Mr. John Wayne in the spirit realm. I'll tell you what, devil, you get out of here right now. I'm going to blow you away with my... Uh, that, it, he doesn't respect anything like that that's done in the flesh. And he knows it if it's in the flesh. Don't, don't do stuff like that. Now, if that anointing is there, yeah, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I resist you. Now, you always resist him, but responses can be different depending on, you know, what your situation is. And if you're feeling, as, as I, if, I, if I could just say, if you're feeling weak, run into the tower. Run into the name of the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, save me and save me now. You'll always be okay. You'll always be okay. You'll always be okay. And he will shield you. He'll protect you. He'll block for you. Hallelujah. And you get prayed up. because You never want to be in a weak place. But he'll, he'll be there for you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Jesus, we give you praise today. You know, this subject goes so deep. I just can't. I can't really dive into it and cover all of it. It's just impossible. It really take weeks and weeks to get into this. But stay in your area of authority. Don't go out of bounds. Don't try to, I'll give you an example. Don't try to um, tackle things that are not on God's agenda for you. Or don't try to get into a, don't pick a fight with the devil when you don't need to. You'll, you'll have enough of him showing up with, with you doing what God's called you to do. You don't need to go over here and start something up. Praise the Lord. Dr. Brian ba Bailey, a very godly man, um, tremendous prophet of the Lord. Now, he's in heaven now. This is what he said concerning evil spirits. When you get into these areas of wicked spirits, the ones that are ruling Sometimes not just over cities, sometimes over even states or even the national angels. We're talking about the dark angels. And, of course, we see all of this in God's Word unveiled. The, the, we have principalities, powers. You have rulers of the darkness of this world. And we have, we have these ones up in the high, high places, these wicked spirits in these high places. And the Lord will deal with them. The Lord will deal with them. This is what Dr. Bailey said when he was in New York City. While in New York, I was at a convention at a, in a certain college. The convener of the meetings invited all pastors from the city to come to the platform so that they could bind in prayer the fallen angel that governed the city. 
This angel was responsible for the spiritual opposition that the pastors were experiencing when ministering in their churches in that city. I was seated in that congregation on an aisle chair. As the pastors were praying and seeking to bind this fallen angel, my spiritual eyes were opened, and standing by my side was an immense angel. Now, this is a fallen angel. His helmet, wings, and garments were all black. I looked up at him, and with a belligerent face, he looked down at me. The Lord then spoke to me in my heart and said, Do not touch him. First of all, you do not have the power to dislodge him. And second, it is not his time to go. The fact that this city is governed by such an evil fallen angel accounts for the fact that it is a city of great wickedness, Dr. Bailey said. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. These demon powers are real. They can affect the way people think. They can affect the uh, 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 what crowds do. The, they can. These spirits can be released in mass at times. Um, over a nation causing people to do crazy, crazy stuff. Praise the Lord. The source of that are demonic powers. Hallelujah. But God is protecting his people and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. But my friends, you need to be prepared to minister to those that are in bondage to demon powers. Oftentimes the reason a person can't get healed is there's, there's something working in them. That's That's an evil power. And you deal with that. And so often the healing comes very quickly. Praise the Lord. I've seen some very unusual manifestations when I've prayed for those who've been demon possessed, but uh, th- these manifestations can go into let me, because I, I know, I know I, in many ways I'm speaking to the Western church. I, I, these messages go around the world, but I have to sometimes go a little slower, particularly for the American crowd that pretends like these things aren't real. R.W. Schembach, when he was ministering in China, and when he said when he was laying hands on, on people that were demon-possessed, nails and tacks began to come out of the people's skin. Uh, these were things that were put in there through a cult uh, things that were done. I, I won't get into the evil things of how, how, how that's done, but it's, it's bad. And uh, so these things are in people. Sometimes they can be in, in there spiritually, and when they come out, they can even take a physical form when they come out, such as nails and tacks coming out through the skin. And I was reading uh, recently of one uh, Catholic priest who has done over 60,000 exorcisms and remember, almost all of the Catholic priests who do the exorcisms, they are spirit-filled. They belong to the charismatic uh, society of spirit-filled ministers. And uh, this one uh, Catholic priest said that he was ministering to one person, and the demon in that person began to manifest. And he, uh, he began to spit towards, you know, the priest. Well, the priest have seen, has seen this thousands of times, so he gets something to uh, block the spit. But when this guy spit, spit didn't come out, nails came out. He spit, he spit out three nails. 
And so, you know, I, I know th- those ministers of you watching in Africa, you're like, well, yeah, Pastor Stephen, yeah, we, we deal with that type of stuff all, all the time. Because the, the origins of witchcraft and even modern day witchcraft uh, go very deep on the African continent. And in some ways, uh, their understanding is more advanced because they have to deal with it more on a face-to-face encounter. Where here, it's veiled behind... Uh, people that can fake it out with drugs, uh, happy pills, or, you know, just a culture that says, oh, we don't believe in that stuff. But yet the, the demons don't go away. The people are still in bondage. They're still depressed. They're still suicidal. They're still miserable. And the drugs aren't working. And all the psychotherapy isn't doing anything. And it still remains. And they get darker and darker and darker. And they love death and vampires and just, oh, they, they start going to all this grunge and dirt and filth. It's satanic. There's demons involved in it. There are demons involved in it. And when people pierce and contort their body and put plugs and holes and just rip and tear their body apart and stick swords through their nose and... I mean, we're, we're back to the stuff that, you know, they're practicing out in tribal regions of sticking sticks to their nose. You're seeing that stuff in America today. Body piercings and sticking stuff through their tongues and um, all, all this crazy stuff. Pastor Stephen, why would anybody do that? Demonic inspiration. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. See, the madman of Gadara, when he was delivered, when he was delivered, he was in his right mind and fully clothed. Pastor Stephen, why are all the people over there running around with no clothes on? They're not in their right mind. Anybody that would do something like that, running around in public with no clothes on, you're under demonic influence. Praise the Lord. Norval Hayes, a wonderful minister, a strong anointing in in getting people delivered because he, he was mentored by Dr. Lester Sumrall, who was, a, who was a real master in this area. He was very developed in this area. But Norval Hayes talked about the time he was called to minister to a young man in his 20s who one day at a Bible college, this young man was with some friends. And the friends said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if one of us took our clothes off and ran across the campus naked? And one of the guys said, I'll do it. I'm not afraid to do that. And these were, how can I say, real carnal Christians uh, being stupid. So he said, I'll do that. And he took his clothes off. And he, he took his clothes off. And he ran across the campus naked. By the time he got to the other side of the campus, and it wasn't that big, he was demon possessed. He was, that, that demon came into him so strong, he didn't know who he was. He didn't know where he was. It, see, when you do stupid things. That, that opened the door for the demonic. It's right there. It's right there. Mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought you, you said demons couldn't, uh, Christians couldn't be possessed. You can do some things where you can be in your spirit saved, but you can do some things where they can come into such a way in your mind. That's not your spirit, but in your mind, hit your brain, hit your mind. See, they sometimes hit certain parts of your, of your body. And, uh, and they just came in, they just took his mind. They took his mind, and he was just like in a vegetative state. 
And his parents were just like, who can get him delivered? Well, they heard about Norval Hayes, and Norval Hayes was able, after a lot of prayer, to get that demon out through the, through the name of Jesus and through the authority that Christ had given him. And that person was restored, and he's healthy. So um, I'm, just, I'm just saying be careful, especially young people. They like to do things that are, can be a, a little bit daring uh, and, you know, sometimes, for, you know, for attention. But don't do, ever do anything that would uh, violate um, God's Word. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see some of you really moving into a, a level where you're too much for the devil. Because that's the way Jesus was and is. Too much for the devil. And Jesus totally defeated Satan at Calvary through his death, burial, and mighty resurrection and ascension. And because you're in Christ, and you start understanding who you are, and you walk with the Lord, you'll walk in victory every day. Not only will you be free, you will walk in that liberating anointing. Hallelujah. You're going to send a lot of demons packing. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Along with that, understand the devil, uh, you, you know, he'll be aware of that. So, you know, stay prayed up. Don't, don't be a goofy, silly Christian. Everything changes when you start walking in this. You can't be like, oh, life is just like footloose and fancy free. Oh, no, no. It's not like that. You, you have to be, uh, like the epistles say, you have to be sober. You can't be giddy and stupid. No, he's not when you're really serving the Lord. You're getting people saved, getting people delivered. No, don't, don't take this stuff lightly. But there's nothing to fear. Just walk with the Lord. Praise God. Mm-mm. There are angels all around you to shield and protect you. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It's not going to work. It won't succeed against you. Now, Father, I pray for your people. Greater is he that's you, that's in them, than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. The greater one lives within your people. Father God, strengthen them. Let them cast out demons in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus, your son. Hallelujah. 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 Father, so many hurting people, so many tormented people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Strengthen them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Final closing tip. Don't ever try to get an unsaved person filled with the Holy Spirit. Because an unsaved person doesn't know how to yield to the Spirit of God. Why not, Pastor Stephen? They're not saved. So they don't know how to yield to the Spirit of God. So if they tried to yield to receive the Holy Spirit, they don't, they don't know how to yield to the Holy Spirit, so they're just going to yield. And so if they open themselves up to, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll receive a spirit. Well, the, the, enemy, that he, the enemy will go in, and they'll get a spirit, but it won't be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not go into an unclean temple. You have to be born again. So you have, to, you have to get them to receive Christ first, lead them into salvation through Christ Jesus first, and then... Then the Holy Spirit will be in them. And then if you want to get them filled with the Holy Spirit and bat or baptized in the Spirit, speaking in tongues, then you can lead them into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But don't ever lead an unbeliever into the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, because they're going to get it. Uh, they're gonna, if they open up, they're going to get an evil spirit. So, and, and then you're going to have to do some work to get that out. 
because they'll probably come back saying, hey, I got something, but I'm having some bad stuff. Never had my nose run like this constantly before. Never had a cough like this before. What happened? Oh, well, you, uh, yeah, so don't, don't, don't do that. Don't go there. Praise the Lord. Lead them to Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lead them to Christ. And Jesus will save them. Holy Spirit moves in and then get them filled with the Spirit. Father, I pray for your people's strength and blessing, boldness and courage and faith. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. All right. If you're watching today and you don't know Christ is your Savior, you're in a dangerous spot. You're in the, you're in the devil's kingdom. Now, recently there was a pastor in Russia. He's under great persecution. One of these communistic, atheistic officials heard the pastor's message. The pastor said, if you're not born again and you're not saved through Christ, you're spiritually dead. And that, that atheistic leader said, what kind of teaching is this? He's saying we're spiritually dead. I thought, that's the gospel. That's right. God bless that pastor. Because if you're not saved, you're in the kingdom of darkness. You are not a child of God. You're a child of Satan. You may not be uh, running around out there doing awful things or murdering and killing people and stuff like that. But you have a sin nature. You are spiritually dead. The only solution is to be born again. Hallelujah. By receiving Christ as your Savior, and you will receive His new life and forgiveness of sins. That sounds good to you. And you're ready to get out of the kingdom of darkness and turn away from your sin. Pray this prayer out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. Come into my life. Write my name in your book of life. Wash my sins away. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And Christ has heard that prayer. He has saved you. You now belong to him. Now, if you're out there and you're a backslidden Christian, you're the prodigal who used to be in the father's house, but you left to go explore sin. And now you're in the pig pen. Hasn't quite turned out the way that you thought. You knew it wasn't going to turn out good anyhow. You just were in the flesh. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another moment. Come back to your Savior now. Say, Jesus. Pray it out loud. Say, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and my rebellion. Lord, restore me unto you right now. In your name I pray. Amen. Welcome back to the family of God. You're clean. Your sins are gone. Rejoice. Ha <laughs> ha. Ha ha. Praise the Lord forever. Let's take communion today. <laughs> Woo, glory. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you. Oh, let me say also the enemy, the devil, he hates communion. <laughs> he hates it. That should tell you something about the power of this. Father, we bless this. This is now the body and the blood of Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. Mm, we thank you that we believe your word. We believe your word that we're authorized to cast out demons Oh, God, we believe it. And as we receive your word, we receive the body of Christ. We say, yes, 
you've given us authority to cast out evil spirits and demons. And in your name we'll do it. Amen. Let's receive. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. When we look at it, we see grape juice. But we thank you that it's the blood of Christ under the canopy of grape juice. In the appearance of grape juice. Father, we thank you for the blood of Christ washing every sin away. All of our sins, all of our iniquities, all of our lawless deeds. Gone! Thank you, O God. Thank you for the mighty blood of Jesus applied to our lives. Thank you, thank you, Father, for Jesus. We give you praise. Amen and amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're watching right now, and something is, something from the dark side is manifesting, let me just minister to you just for a moment. In the name of Jesus, I minister to you right now in the authority of Christ, and I speak to any yoke, any stronghold in your life of Satan. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off that person. Loose them. And I speak to any evil spirit that would have lodged in your soul or in your mind or even afflicting your body. Loose the child of God now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and come out of them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come out. Hallelujah. Some of you, as the spirits are leaving, you can smell like a sulfur. Smells like rotten eggs. That's the enemy leaving. Some of you may be smelling it. It smells like a skunk. Uh, that's the evil spirit leaving. It may smell like, like dirty socks or something rotten. That's the evil spirit leaving. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and praise the Lord. The Lord is setting you free. Jesus, we give you praise. Mighty, mighty deliverer. We give you praise. Now I release healing anointing. Now in the name of Jesus into your body. Be healed in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ringing in the ears is being healed right now. I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Excruciating back pain is leaving right now. Receive in the name of the Lord Jesus. Something had happened to your knees. There was an affliction in your knees. Your knees are being healed right now. Get up. Praise the Lord. Begin to walk around. All the pain is leaving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pain in the neck. It's leaving. In the name of Jesus, give God praise. Depression is breaking off right now. That was a spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit of depression. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be free in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Somebody's getting filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Open up your mouth, and the Lord, uh, the Lord will fill you, and the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance right now. Receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. Now open your mouth and begin to speak out in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Let's do it together. Speak whatever comes out right now. Woohoo! Woo! Glory, glory, glory. Mm. It says about Jesus, uh, it says concerning his coming, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light that would be the Messiah. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. That would be the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, pushing all of the darkness out of your life, giving you the hope and faith that you need to continue. Woo! And to live this life, not a victim, but an overcomer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And going around, 
praying for others, helping them to get out of the works of the enemy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Father, we thank you for what you have done today through the power of your spirit and the word of Christ. We ask that you seal it, O God, by the anointing of your spirit. We thank you, Father God, for your word producing a hundredfold in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you for watching today. Thank you also for preparing your special Feast of Tabernacles Sunday, October the 4th offering so that we can move the gospel forward with a great thrust. God bless you. I'll see you back next time.